five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the Moon Tea podcast. John Kim, Hugh Berryman, right over there. And our special guest. <laughs> Eugene, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Eugene, and that's my introduction. <laughs> Perfect. <Yeah>. There it is. <laughs> uh, the reason the reason we're having Eugene on our guest as our podcast guest today is uh, number one, we want to eventually invite our friends and people whose work we admire, and just just like chat with them for an hour. I think that would be really cool. And then number two, he's here. He visited me in <laughs> yeah. Seattle, and yeah. I figured, why not? Yeah. And uh, Eugene also uh, has a, he knows a lot more about uh, alternative cryptocurrencies. It's like other than Bitcoin and uh, knows a lot about the DeFi ecosystem. But uh, I mean, we can talk about anything and whatever and kind of see where it goes. So I'm stoked. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a great introduction and giving me more credit for what I actually uh, know and do. <laughs> uh, I want to say I know a lot. I think it was like a lot of just like learning pains and experience, just like being hands on. Um, instead of a trader, I'd say I'm more like a speculator. I'm like more of a, I would put myself in like the category of like an influencer of, of cryptocurrencies. Wow. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> just like not very, I, I would just train myself more of like a gambler than is what I'm saying than like someone that knows like fundamentals and things and like goes, oh okay like like it just so ha happens like this is a great investment I just go oh well, this this might work like out. 4chan yeah. told me to do it yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um, it's like it's like that's a great example it's like I'm like the QAnon of uh cryptocurrencies <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> You're like, uh, let's put a thousand on bat because that's like uh, the best gamble. And let's put another thousand on link. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Well, where do you guys want to start then? That sounds awesome. A little bit about this is I have never met Eugene, but we were talking in sign language just before this because <laughs> the audio was having difficulties and now we're best friends. So I am stoked, honestly. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going to go, but I cannot wait to dive more into the cryptoverse and just Eugene's world as well, <laughs> just to learn about him a bit more. So where do you want to start, John? Eugene, what do you guys want to talk about first? Where does Eugene want to start? Um, let's see. Uh... So, I mean, like right now is like perfect, I guess, like a really good time to talk about cryptocurrency because I think we can definitively say now this is the start of the altcoin bull run. So it's like maybe two, we're like truly two days into it, two, three days into it. And um, the altcoin bull run is like a fabled thing. You know, it happened for like two, three months in 2017. Um, it, it was just like this momentous gains. And I remember just looking at my portfolio and it literally like was like every, every day I wake up, there'd be like a, a couple hundred more or a thousand more. And I only put in like maybe like 3000 at the time, right? I was like, what is this? This is absolutely incredible. 
until like the end of the beginning of like February or something like that. You know, we all know the story just kind of just tumbled down and I just saw my portfolio just hit 30% down, 50% down, seven, and I was like, Whoa. Then Eugene never like, came out of his house again yeah, for a while. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm not coming out. My first, yeah, it was my first real presence outside of that time. So it's really great. You know, Corona just gave me a great excuse to stay uh, inside for even longer than I already was. Um, but yeah, and then slowly but surely, we saw that like kind of change. Um, in 2020, there's like this slow reversal happening a lot of cryptocurrencies that we've never heard of started coming out like true potential. Um, I would say like the first one was kind of like a beta test. We're kind of now in like the alpha of cryptocurrencies. Um, we're actually like before projects could come out with an idea or a concept, but now uh, these um, cryptocurrencies need to come out with like a platform or like at least some work to prove that they can do what they're saying. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, so a lot of these cryptocurrencies have already been working since like 2018, 2019 during these bear markets. And so there are also a lot of projects that are taking advantage of the bull market uh, that happened in like the beginning, like in 2020. Um, so we saw like that parabolic rise of Bitcoin. Um, and now we're starting to see this parabolic rise of altcoins. You can see that Bitcoin kind of just hit that $60,000, went down, dipped down, and then it's kind of just fluctuating between the 60 and 40, uh, 60, sorry, 60 and $50,000 mark. We could see that happening. Um, and so that's also one of the telltale indicators of like, this is that bull market. I think, I think what's one thing that's different uh, right now than in late 2017 is that in 2017, we had a lot of uh, initial coin offerings, which yeah. was uh, a group of people wrote an essay about what they wanted to build. And then they asked, <laughs> they asked a bunch of people for money and people gave them money. Uh, the, difference, the difference now is that there are working products. Like you can, you can, send some cryptocurrency to uh, some decentralized exchange and uh, buy other cryptocurrencies on margin. You can get a loan, you can issue a loan, you can like lend out money. And like a lot of these products are real, which is pretty exciting for me to see um, just as a casual observer. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Hugh and I just like we don't know a whole lot about what's what's going on other than kind of like the big projects, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, what uh what are some projects that you're that you're excited about and like what what do you think it could be? Yeah. Um that's a great question. And I, uh, before I talk about that, I just want to touch on one of the things you talked about, ICOs, and that's still a big part of uh, cryptocurrency today, but, you know, we see this evolution of ICOs. We're talking about like just white papers or just like proof of concepts. Now we have checks and balances in place. You know, we have this huge NFT craze everyone's talking about, but if you're not in cryptocurrency, you don't know about this next phase, which is IDOs, initial decentralized offerings, 
where uh, cryptocurrencies will be released onto Uniswap or PancakeSwap, which are the decentralized exchanges that we know so much about. And you can't just be a project, or you can be if you want, and just say, hey, I'm going to release it. But now we have these huge things called launch pads, which uh, like some big ones for Binance's uh, BSC pad. Uh, we have paid network, pools, Kickpad, and all of these are big name companies that say, hey, if you invest a certain amount of coins, like 5,000 of our coin, then we'll let you take part in our initial IDOs. And some of them are guaranteed, some of them are lottery systems. But now you have this backing of this launch pad that's, that their credibility is on the line if they you know, come out with a, a product or um, a team that isn't really good or well-known, you know, they're gonna take that hit. And so that's like a new craze. So we, 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 we had ICOs in the past, but now we have IDOs now. And that's like the ev next evolution um, of this huge cryptocurrency. And that's where like a lot of these gains can be made as well. And that's why I'm personally interested in it um, as well, because um, you can make big gains. The unfortunate thing is, is America is very not lax with the regulations. And so uh, you can't participate in a lot of these ideals, unfortunately. You have to be, you know, either like Canadian or somewhere else, um, but you can't be an American, unfortunately. Really? Oh, that's actually a bummer. So there's actually, there's regulations already on, on becoming a quote unquote investor in an IDO right now? Yeah, because of, wow. it was, a, it was that way too in 2018. Um, you couldn't, you, you couldn't be American and purchase. And they check that and it's, it's ironic because you, you have like Mr. Beast, right? Um, promoting or being an inv initial investor, excuse me, in big uh, projects like Paid Network is one he's in and Refinable, oh, sorry, not Paid Network. Um, he's in AIOZ, which is a, a sort of YouTube thing. Um, and then he's also in Refinable, which is like probably gonna be like one of the biggest NFT markets out there. And he's American, so how did how, is there a conspiracy going on? <laughs> how did he get to partake? Um, but yeah, um, you have to be a you can't be an American to partake. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you guys have any questions, but to answer your next question, um, if what are some crypto projects I'm ex excited about? Honestly, there's so freaking many like i i don't even know where to begin but uh, i guess the biggest one of the biggest ones i'm excited about is terra luna and what that coin is it's it's a cryptocurrency started in korea and it's a stable coin and it, shamath uh i don't know how to say his last name palahapatia okay i'm yeah, glad yeah, he said stable coins are going to be like the future of DeFi. Um, and so, and I, I agree with him. I think he's, he's absolutely right. Like what Terra Luna is doing is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and and one, of, one of the many aspects they're doing is that they're making it possible for uh, transaction fees to go back to the people that hold the Terra Luna coin 
instead of having like Visa, you know how Visa takes 3% or MasterCard will take 3% from the vendor, right? So instead it's like, if you, you get rewarded for partaking in the Terra Luna ecosystem. Hmm. And so it's like, you, you get, um, it just, it drives more of an incentive to partake in that network. Um, and another interesting thing that they're doing with their stable coin that's different from all the others is they're going to have a whole bunch of companies. If, if you want to partake in the Terra Luna ecosystem, you will actually be helping to stabilize the price of that stable coin um, alongside everyone else in that ecosystem. So it, I don't know how it works. This is beyond me, but every other, every like ecosystem inside of the Terra Luna coin is like helping each other um, stabilize that that stable coin. So a very in- interesting way of going about it, I would say. Eugene, for our one or two listeners, yeah. can you explain what a stable coin oh, is? Oh yeah, it's, so yeah, I guess the most famous one, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the, uh, the most famous one is the Tether, uh, USD Tether. And a te- Tether coin, is, what it specifically does, is just, it's a one-to-one ratio of the US dollar. Um, it was the first one to come out. There was a huge conspiracy that they were just acting like the U.S. Treasury, where they printed uh, however much they wanted, and it wasn't backed by actual USD dollars. But it seems like that's not the case anymore. There's like a huge case. I don't really know what happened, but it blew over. So I'm guessing everything went well. That they're actually based one to one. It's a huge, a whole bunch of other cryptocurrencies, uh, tethers that do it differently. USDC. Uh, and then some other ones, Binance has one, BUSD, DAI is another one. Yeah, that's a great example. You get actually rewarded for holding DAI. I get paid for holding DAI. Um, yeah, and these are these are all stable coins that do things a little differently. They're, they build on their ecosystems. Um, they have a, a basket of assets instead of just being to a one-to-one ratio. So we're actually seeing the evolution of just what used to just be a one-to-one backing a ratio to a to an ecosystem based around this stable coin and why would someone hold a stable coin instead of just holding bitcoin for example yeah it's a great question um if for whatever reason you're you're fearful that bitcoin is uh, you know maybe you're trying to time an entry or uh, or things like that um there's there's actually a, a great incentives to hold stable coins these days. Um, Terra Luna actually has the best one, uh, in my belief. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but they're providing what's like a 20% API, APY right now. And so you can actually just by, like instead of holding a dollar, which is gonna uh, depreciate, why wouldn't you put your money into a stable coin? I think KuCoin was offering, well, KuCoin is an, uh, exchange, a centralized exchange, they were offering 14% for holding a stable coin. So, you know, there's a huge incentives for people to like, uh, hold these stable coins and lend them out um, to other other people, because now you could get uh, greater APYs than just holding a, a, a physical dollar. That's amazing. I love it. I, I'm going to have to look into this Terra Luna layered stable coin yeah. upon layering. So it's yeah. kind of like, so it's like the Ethereum DAP world of the stable coin market. So that like, like 
stable coins can be built upon stable coins or something like that where people can mint new stable coins on it or yeah i think i th- I, th- I think that's that's how it is like i said i'm, I'm more of a degenerate gambler so i, I just look mm-hmm. in the shallow things but um from this is like this is a legit company they're working with like the biggest even before i knew about them, they were working with like huge korean companies in korea like the biggest korean companies and they're trying to reach out and they're, i think they're like even partnered with like uh, they're going to make their own credit cards and things like that. So this is no joke. This is already in the top 20 um, cryptocurrency. And oh, I see it, yeah, I already see it growing even bigger. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could ask some more interesting questions on it. I don't quite understand how. So they're becoming a Visa network is what you're saying for stable. Like people can buy into it um, mm-hmm. and and support the the interchange and then get a transactional like a transaction fee instead of uh, a centralized person getting a transaction fee yeah exactly it's like a two-part system there's like terra and luna and i'm not sure which one is oh i love it terra luna (laughs) okay got it (laughs) cool 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 um yeah so i'm curious just you said when we first when we first began you were mentioning how just two or three days ago the altcoin market was just reaching its bull run Mm -hmm. and that's the first time i've ever actually heard this so why two three days ago and uh, even though i'm you know still very new to the whole market i've been keeping a an eye on a few things and i've never heard that yet what 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 made you say that um so yeah two three days ago is when the the bear scare kind of happened right um if you guys were paying attention april 27th okay i I don't know the exact date yeah so Um, I don't know the exact date, but uh, there was that big dip, right? That's mm-hmm, when we yeah. broke 50,000 and went under for a couple of days and people were kind of scared, like, oh, what's actually going to happen? <laughs> 2017. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the beginning of 2017. Yeah, some people were saying that. Um, and, you know, I saw all over Twitter, people were getting scared. It's quite funny. But you also noticed that Ethereum was also like kind of stabilizing and breaking off, right? So like, this is like the true test for um, Ethereum. And we saw that it was going like 2,100, 2,400, and now it's at its all-time high, even though that Bitcoin is not moving in that um, traditional one to, uh, traditional like uh, equal wave where they kind of move together. It's kind of breaking off. That's also another sign. I think when Bitcoin breaks that 60% dominance of the whole uh, cryptocurrency market, that's one of those big signs. But the reason why I'm saying that this is that big break is because it's just my personal opinion. I'm starting to see really, really crazy gains. Um, there's a huge cryptocurrency in the Binance Smart Chain Network called uh, Bakery Swap. And it just had like a 200, 300% increase in like two, three days. And it, it doesn't seem like it's stopping. Um, Quick swap, quick swap, which is the Polygon network, um, has its own uh, cryptocurrency uh, exchange, and those that's seen a huge uh, increase as well. So a lot of these decentralized exchanges, that's what it is. A quick swap, quick swap is a decentralized exchange. It's seen like 300 percent increases. Other cryptocurrencies as well. And what is a Polygon network? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. What is Polygon network? So Polygon network is the go-to solution currently right now for layer two scaling. 
And what layer two scaling is, is it's a way because Ethereum is so expensive at one time, it cost a hundred dollars and I've personally paid a hundred dollars. So imagine that um, to make a transaction in uh, Uniswap, uh, which is that decentralized exchange. So at, at one point I was paying a hundred dollars to make a single transaction. Um, and what a layer two solution it, or scaling solution is, is that it allows you to transfer your Ethereum over to another kind of network or a layer as they would call it, but you'd have to pay like a fee. So you're moving your Ethereum over to this network and it allows you to transact your Ethereum on this network at a much lower cost. So we're talking pennies versus like a hundred dollars, right? So uh, that's what Matic is. That's what uh, uh, the Matic network is, but they rebranded themselves as Polygon because they wanna be more than that now. They don't wanna just be a layer two solution. They wanna be like an interoperability uh, solution, uh, which is a way to connect all these different uh, cryptocurrencies together to inter, uh, interoperate within with each other. And that's why they rebranded as Polygon. Very cool. Very cool. And so in the Ethereum network, um, I'm curious. So we've got Bitcoin and we've got Ethereum and those are the two top dogs in the coin market cap yeah. portfolio, right? And so we've got a lot of other altcoins coming up. And mm-hmm. right, we saw when that Ethereum spike happened, the Binance coin, BUSD went up, uh, the Binance chain also went up to top yeah. four market cap. Yeah. And so that's probably was something similar happening when they were supporting the high fees and people were going off chain to, to make transactions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, you, you're, you're very aware. You already, yeah, you know what's going on. Um, so about a month ago, we started seeing this huge rise in the price of uh, uh, BNB, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which is the cryptocurrency supported by the Binance Smart Chain. Um, and Binance at first was just a regular centralized exchange, but they saw the future and started creating a smart chain where they can uh, interact within their own ecosystem, kind of like Ethereum. Um, and it was the first exchange to do that, decentralized, uh, first uh, exchange to do that. And other other centralized exchanges followed after, but they made their own smart chain um, and where they can interact at a much cheaper fee. And that, like you were saying, people started migrating their projects over from the Ethereum network because it's so expensive to this much cheaper network. Um, even though the Binance smart chain, uh, Binance is centralized, um, it's way cheaper to interact. And like these fees of paying like hundreds um, dollars is just not feasible. Uh, and so that's, you saw this huge rise from like, from even below top 10. And now I think it's currently sitting in, in number three. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. So I, there was a, there's a moment there where I was sitting in on some clubhouse NFT rooms and I was just like, what is that? What are NFTs? I was trying to figure these out. And this was during that big spike. Right. And so uh, a fee spike for Ethereum. And so a lot of people are using, you know, OpenSea and Rarible and whatnot to buy NFTs. And then they were like complaining a bit about how expensive it was to just mint them. And so it was curious to hear them start trying to find other services that, you know, were a not proof of work, but proof of stakes. So they're more carbon friendly and B mm, and despite the culpability for that as an artist, whether or not you want to be part of that. And then B was 
moving over to other types of chains. That's super interesting where there's one, you know, like on EOS called Wax and they were building NFTs and Atari's building some stuff and Godzilla trading cards and NFTs and stuff. I was like, oh, that's interesting on that chain. What are your thoughts, Eugene, on the fracturing of the ecosystem? I do understand that, you know, it is good for lots of things to be splitting out and just like lots of different communities building up their own chains. But even taking NFTs or any other space that I don't understand yet, Mm-hmm. is it a good thing that people are well it makes sense that because of high cost people are switching over to networks but are we missing something is this a good thing that people are switching and and how can anybody that's really new to this type of thing even get in and on board to what's going on there's just too much to learn almost yeah uh, i think you, you you bring up a great point there's too much to learn i'm still learning every day I just started getting back into it in, in like uh, 2020 and I, I, I should have gotten into it in, during the bear market because right. I am so behind. I am so behind and there's so much to learn and there's so much going on that if you're new to the space, you just have to dive deep into the deep end because there's no other way to learn. It's, it's scary, it's hard, it's frustrating and you will probably lose out and you will have to spend so many hours just trying to learn but um if you have the patience for it you will you will learn a lot and you will make a lot as well um but it's it's a patient it's a learning man's game um uh, as, as as far as you said about like the the is it did you say it's a is it a good thing that there's so yeah. many ecosystems yeah, because like yeah. which which one do you build an NFT off of, right? Do you build it on the Ethereum OpenSea or do you go to a Wax chain? Or if you're building a DAP, do you build your I your your new application off of a, an ERC20 token or do you build it off of something else, right? Like what do I do? Where do I start? What should I even like trust in? Yeah, that's a that's a, a good question. Um and that's I think competition is always a good thing. Um mm. Uh, I think that it's always good that there's more than one option to do one thing. You know, it, that's always a, a great thing that happens. Uh, so you have all these different new cryptocurrencies that are faster, better, or more secure, more scalable, things like that. Uh, it would just be a matter of time. But uh, to answer your question, I think interoperability is like one of the big things that they're looking into. And so hopefully one when that becomes a legitimate thing and we see that in practice you won't be asking questions like oh is it a good idea to do it on ethereum or on the the wax chain or something like that you if you decide you want to move over to ethereum interoperability will allow you to move your nft from ethereum into the wax chain and things things like that Mm -hmm. and so forth interesting interesting and there'd be other tokens or chains that support that (laughs) yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm I love it. So is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? I have like a few questions, I'm sure, but anything else or just off the top of your head? Any, one, any direction you want to go? The only thing I have to say is uh, it's, definitely a, it's definitely a good thing if, if we have a lot of different competing products. Hmm. Like that's, how, that's how you eventually get something really good and really useful and like we're not at the point where uh where like a certain exchange or a certain lending platform like 
has that uh, has the network effect. Like because because they have a billion people on it, they can offer the best rates or or like be the most secure. And so it's kind of cool that we're not there yet because like it's like the very ethos of yeah. of a uh, blockchain and Bitcoin is that. Uh, Like this this idea of, of a decentralized and like anyone can anyone can uh, build anything and I mean I think I think that's the that's the culture that is gonna make it so that um, like a few years from now there will be just really good products and like banks traditional banks will just like they'll just be like whoa. I did not see that coming and then just gets like slammed. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. The 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 thing that I heard that was kind of that blew my mind was uh, about a week and a half ago I was watching some YouTube videos and a recommended video came up by some some gentleman and he was talking about lending platforms and and John mentioned that you have done some lending and crypto swaps and, st- and staking and such. What are you, it was really funny to me, just going off of what you guys were talking about was financial people, uh, institutions won't know what's going to hit them in the sense that I was sitting in my backyard with my dad. We were just kind of sitting and enjoying the sun and just chilling. And I was like, dad, you know what? I'm going to change this USD that's just sitting in my Coinbase wallet, my, my hot wallet, and I'm going to change it into USDC. And then I'm going to go to KuCoin and I just watched this episode and supposedly you can get 20% APR, <laughs> APY. And I was like, okay, how do I do this? And so it took me like an hour and a half. I was like tr- switching over. I paid like a $17 network fee because freaking network fees are dumb right now. And isn't that the point of blockchain to be cheap? Isn't it supposed to be like five cents to change a million dollars or a dollar? Like, what's going on here? This isn't cool. Uh, but anyways, um, did that and then i had 500 dollars, and i went on to kucoin and i was like whoa so how there's a lot of other stuff on it i was like kind of blown away the ui is a bit clunky but it was cool and then i stake i I offered basically what happened was i found a way you can pick whatever token you want to offer and lend out and you can become a lender pretty much instantly and i thought that was crazy so there's like open orders for what you can lend and then people can come in and accept that order at a certain rate per seven days or 14 days and 28 days. And there's a lot of other platforms. So this is not an advertisement for KuCoin, but I just thought that was a really interesting thing that I, in about an hour and a half, could become a lender of money instantly with minimal to no KYC on these types of things, which may or may not be good right now. Um, We should maybe talk about identity tokens at some some point in this. But uh, all of that to say, that's crazy. Like just the average person can now become a lender. Like that is, that's pretty ground, the game changing. <laughs> it, it is. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, there's a, <clears throat> there's a platform called Celsius. Um, and apparently the, the guy who made it is a genius. He, he did something for like subway networks to make them more efficient. Um, and like making sandwiches? I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, subway sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> really efficient. That 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 yeah. streamlined tomatoes yeah. and, and onions. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah New, like New York subway. Uh, New York's uh, 
I was, I was gonna say New York sandwiches, <laughs> but New York subway is like more efficient. Um, and what Celsius aims to do is like, because they cut out banks, banks get money from the government for ridiculously cheap. And then they charge you like 10, 15%, some ridiculous fee, which is not fair to you. Um, and so, and then you have to, you, you don't have a choice, right? Where else are you gonna go? But now with, um, well, this one isn't DeFi um, because it's not decentralized, but with this, because you do have to provide identification, but what it's pretty much doing is like, it's providing in a very quick way to connect one person to another person. And so you're paying like ridiculously little fees or like even APYs um, because banks don't get that, that advantage anymore. They're, they're cutting out that middleman. So I think like, like you said, this is gonna be the future. Um, banks are gonna get screwed <laughs> because they can't, they can't take advantage of this, this loophole anymore. I think as more people understand this about cryptocurrencies. Um, it's not even the future. Like out of the three of us, how often do we go to a bank? Like a physical bank? Not very often, but uh, I would have had to if I was gonna take out a loan on a house and things like that. And I'm hoping through cryptocurrencies, we won't have to, and we'll get crazy low rates because of it. You don't even have to get a loan. You just sell a tiny percentage of your, <laughs> yeah, of your crypto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, whatever totally else you want, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Awesome. And there, and that's not just, there are like, um, decentralized uh, lending platforms. Aave is like the biggest one right now, mm. uh, Bancor. Um, so if you don't want to provide your identification, you can provide lending through these uh, platforms as well. Interesting, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. That's cool, that's cool. Yeah, the, the IDO thing you said earlier kind of blew my mind. I had never heard of that. It sounds kind of like the IDO thing, not to backtrack too far, was um, what do you call the the thing, the crowdfunding, the Kickstarter? Is it like Kickstarter, but for the, the crypto world and allows for regular people to be investors in certain ideas? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. It's like Kickstarter, except if Kickstarter was like also, you know, had their reputation on the line, you know, with kick, Kickstarter, it's like, oh, if you get scammed, like nothing happens. But there's like a layer of protection. Their reputation is on the line, right? If if this happened to be a scam project, then people will just pull out all their money, and and not want to, uh, you know, uh, contribute to that uh, ecosystem anymore. That mm. that Kickstarter, and so that company loses money as as well as its reputation. Got it. Got it. And I'm curious. So what what was the? Have you ever done anything in an idea, or is that? I mean someone that you know in a different country had done something <laughs> yeah or someone someone else right <laughs> um i i never done an idl because I, I i couldn't find a way around it um i've tried but they always kind of like ask me for it um there are ones where i was able to participate in um but they weren't through this launch pad they weren't through this kickstarter launch pad um so there there are projects you can invest in but um they won't have i think the best 
quality projects are underneath under these uh, these launch pads. Um, so you won't get that high quality projects if you do find a, uh, another project. That seems to be the general case right now. Got it. Got it. And so, so we'll take a step back then from the IDEO depth. But John and I, I don't think. And tell me if I'm wrong. Have you ever yeah. used a decentralized application, John, to tr transfer tokens to some like very very alt alt token that is not on a main exchange like Gemini or Coinbase? Uh, John, and then from there I'll go to you, Dean. I only did it in late 2017. Got it. So I've never done it, and I don't know how it really works. And I'm I'm curious, uh, Eugene. Since it sounds like you've done it the most out of any of us, if someone wanted to take some fiat from you, like a, a, a dollar amount of fiat, right? And get it into a very altcoin, say uh, Luna, some, what was it? Luna, whatever. Ever Luna, um, yeah. Uh, how does one, what would, what would the main hops be? What would you think? Just Okay, yeah. So you need to find a way to convert fiat into a cryptocurrencies so right right now there's almost no way around it you need to go through a centralized exchange right because you need to deposit money and so uh, there's no way around not going through a decentralized exchange in the first step you can interact with them later but you need to find a way to uh, do that so typically that's either coinbase gemini um Binance, Coupon, probably. Coupon. Yeah, oh, yeah, Binance, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, Binance is yeah. a big one. Um, Kraken. So, yeah, Kraken, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and you go through these exchanges, you deposit your money, and then typically you, what you do is you transfer it all into Ethereum. Um, and then... Oh, not Bitcoin. Not, not Bitcoin, because you're going to be... The biggest decentralized exchange right now is, is PancakeSwap. But before then, uh, it, it was Uniswap. And oh, Uni Uniswap is just pretty much, I mean, sorry, PancakeSwap is pretty much just a fork of Uniswap or, hmm. or a, a copycat, pretty much. It, it copied what Uniswap's coding was and just made it for the Binance Smart Chain. Uh, and then once you have Ethereum, you can move it from your wallet over to um, uh, another Ethereum wallet outside of that exchange. Uh, it's fairly complicated for new users. There's no doubt about it. Uh, um, but really, you just type in a really long code and you send it over and it's not that bad. You just get a, a, a wallet and a wallet and you send it from this wallet to that wallet, right? And it's just yeah, a, yeah, a, exactly. SHA-256 numbers, not SHA-256, some like bit, like 0x000 times 16 yeah, number yeah, and exactly. it's a wallet address. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Some just very long number that you send the money to. Does anyone know if Ethereum addresses are, are like the same format as Bitcoin addresses? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're all a little different. Yeah. They all Bitcoin, start with like different first two letters, I believe. Yeah. I think Bitcoin Cash has the same, like, <laughs> it has the same, uh, or has a different uh, like starting. Mm -hmm. Uh, like letter or something and then iota is just a super long random string um, yeah, even bitcoin has multiple numbers i think like there's the v1 fork v2 forks and stuff and then when they were doing all of that you can 
still send to older wallets that have older numbers, but the newer chains have newer wallet numbers with a prepended value. Oh, I, interesting. Yeah, I, I think, no idea. I think when it first started, it was like you could make like a billion wallets and then, and then now it's like every, everything that every electronic device could have a wallet. It's like <laughs> trillions. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like that kind of thing is pretty easy. You like, add a zero or you make something base 16 instead of base 10 random tangent go mm. on yeah you guys Continue. might you guys might know more about like the technical side of of these things um because like i said i i i'm just more of a degenerate gambler but um the 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 big thing about uniswap is that um uniswap was the first like automated maker decentralized exchange and what what that means is uh it you provide two coins um, or liquidity um so say for example ethereum and a stable coin like usdc and um there doesn't need to be like an order book so someone on the other side doesn't need to say, hey, you know, if you give me $5, I'll give you that equivalent in Ethereum. And if no one gives you $5, you just have to constantly wait, right? Well, with centralized exchanges, you don't have to wait. You could just place an order for how the, the exact market price, and you'd get that however much you wanted in return. Um, but that's, the, not, that's not quite how it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, like they're they're like different uh they're like different limit orders. Yes, yeah. yes. There's different limit orders. Um, but the the problem with like the first decentralized exchange, which was IDEX, was that it was using this uh, order book kind of system, um, where it was like, oh, if you um, uh, you just had to wait for that five dollars to to appear, right? So a lot of times there would be a lot of liquidity issues because you know for certain coins, um, you couldn't get that that it, that coin at that price. And what's what's so great about Uniswap is they kind of fix fix that issue uh, with automated market making. Uh, and there might be some things. It's very technical that I I don't I still don't understand. Uh, but uh, going back to that point, you have Ethereum and USDC, and you put that into a, a liquidity pool and what you get back in, re in return is a receipt that you've entered these two tokens together in equal ratios um, and there are some issues with that as well there's something called impertinent loss um, where the price of one token rises quickly or declines quickly in re uh, relative to the other some complicated mathematics happens in the back and when you take it out the, from the liquidity pool, you don't receive the same equal ratio um, of those two coins and you suffer what's called a permanent loss, which is pretty much um, if you, what, it, what that means is if you hadn't had put that tokens together, uh, you would have had suffered less loss if you were just holding those two coins separately as, as opposed to putting those two tokens into the liquidity pool. Wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I, so it, I just want to just wrap this one point. It's like, in, in essence, it's pretty much that like, 
you don't have to wait. You, there's no more waiting anymore. You, that's the great thing about Uniswap. You, you just, you don't really have to wait anymore. It, it creates a solution to uh, liquidity that wasn't there before. And so you can buy coins at the market price without having to wait. And that was like a huge thing. And it, it, it definitely set off DeFi, I think, in my, mm. in my perspective. So I was trying to understand how to do this the other week as well. And I have a few different coins. And I found out that the only way you can buy altcoins on Uniswap is via an Ethereum base, right? Because yeah. all the tokens on Uniswap are ERC-20 tokens. It seems to me. It seems, yes. is that, am I wrong here? Like, so they're basically all dApps on Uniswap that are built off of Ethereum. But what if there's other tokens that aren't on the ethereum blockchain but a different blockchain that i would like what that uh, decentralized exchange would i use there for a short acronym of a dex for anyone what other dexes are there because i'm, I'm a bit confused right now to be honest i, I just can only get my hands on ethereum altcoin yeah. that, that's a great question um so each coin has its own cent- uh, decentralized exchange <laughs> They're all copies of Uniswap. So oh, like for Harmony One, that's another uh, Ethereum kind of killer uh, that c- competes against, quote unquote, competes against Ethereum. They have mm. one called MochiSwap. <laughs> mm, <okay. laughs> um, I like it. I like it a lot. The one for Polygon, which I mentioned earlier, that one is called QuickSwap. And mm-hmm. they literally look the same. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Open source and, code for the win with no yeah, right yeah. restrictions. Uh, MIT licensing? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, what's, that's what uh, uh, Uniswap version 3, right? So there's version 1, which was they allowed you to use uh, Ethereum and ERC-20 tokens. And I think version 2, which is what we're on, allowed for all types of Ethereum tokens, even though I've never seen them. I've only seen ERC-20 tokens traded on, on it. Uh, Uniswap. And now we're moving on to version 3, where now in this version, they're going to license it out for two years. So we probably won't mm. see all these copies. Or if we do, they're going to have to buy it from Uniswap first. It's much smarter, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the way in which I get um, into the Uniswap decks is with an Ethereum coin from Coinbase, Kraken, any fiat onboarding ramp into the cryptoverse with the correct KYC, KYB. And then I can go and buy whatever ERC-20 Ethereum tokens I want on Uniswap. How do I get a Polygon token or this other one on Mochi or whatnot, where I don't have the ability to buy that altcoin mm-hmm. or that base token off that blockchain um, on Coinbase, Binance.us or Kraken or, or Gemini, I mean, because I don't know much about Kraken. but Yeah, so yeah, it, it does get complicated. Um, so for for Matic or Polygon, it's actually already on Coinbase. So if you're oh, okay. lucky, you can, you can buy uh, through Coinbase or things like that. But the, the problem with buying it off Coinbase, right? If you choose to go that route, it's 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 a ERC twenty based version of Matic. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. most of them are like ERC twenty tokens on Coinbase, except for a few like Bitcoin and Litecoin and such. But I'm like, what what is going on here? I don't yeah. get. I don't get it. So you have to go through something called the, the Matic Bridge. 
And so, um, what the to, hell? Yeah, <laughs> what is to, happening? You have to, you have, because you're on the layer one solution, Ethereum, you have to move it over to the layer two solution, Polygon. Oh, yeah. And then you have to wait three hours because it uses like a proof of stake mechanism. Uh, because of the security issues and so like it, it takes a while it's it's expensive as well because you have to do this conversion and so you still have to pay in that ethereum uh pricing network and then once you move it over you can come start transacting in these lower fees um funny story i i was able to move it in three hours to the matic network and then when i tried to take it out i didn't know about this but they're their proof of stake solution wasn't working. So instead of waiting three hours, I had to wait seven days to take it out. <laughs> so I was waiting seven days for the network to provide me back my coins that I put in in three hours. So I was like, what is this? This is a scam, but um, I think it's up and running now. So it only takes three hours to put in, three hours to take out now. Mm, only, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're you still like holding waiting. your money ransom. You're forced yeah. to say that. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, well, this is exactly the problem. None of this makes sense. What is going on? This and, is amazing. And, and the funny thing is, is like Ethereum doesn't even have their own layer one solution. They still have to go through a layer two solution that hasn't come out yet. It's called Optimism. Um, so they're like teaming up with a team to fix their problem that they can't even solve yet. Wait, I don't know about this. What is this? Yeah. What do you mean? So Optimism is, is the layer two solution that they chose to go on. It's also what Uniswap is going to go on eventually as well. Hmm. Um, but that's, that's going to be the go-to, the official sponsored layer, layer two solution for Ethereum because they can't get a layer so, one solution that scales and is cheap as well. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because right now they're working on, there was that, right? It was, Ethereum was at like $400 in November. They were talking about the, the, ethereum 2.0 for years now since like 2018 2019 and then they finally did a bit of a release but it's still incrementally going through and they're still working on the casper version releases of it right so with that aren't they isn't a lot of that supposed to be taking off the the weight uh, on the gas fee network transaction fees uh, or is it really still not gonna work out and they really do need to go to a layer two I think they're still working on a layer one solution, but oh. because they couldn't come out with it, they're just like, okay, I guess we don't have a choice. We'll do this okay. layer two solution. I think I think that's how it is, but um, I am I can be totally wrong about that. But I do hey, this is the this is the fun <laughs> part. Yeah, <laughs> but I do know optimism is their go-to solution. For that's cool. Solution. I'll have to look yeah. into it. Is the layer one solution their attempt to move to proof of stake? that they said they would do like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. That's That could be it, yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a lot of different optimizations in it. I was listening to a Vitalik live session this weekend and they were mm -hmm. talking about the next steps for the ERC or for the Ethereum 2.0 chains. And yeah, and I don't understand what's going on. I can't even talk about it, but they're, they're coming up. And so All like right, in July, geez. July is kind of a goal date for a very big milestone and another year or two of development. And then there's like an interesting statement he said that, again, I don't know what I'm talking about, is he's like, we, once this is done, technically, no one ever needs to develop anything else again on Ethereum layer one. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah, and he's all talking about this stuff. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty much done. I was like, oh, okay. 
I don't know what that means, but okay, cool. I mean, he's a genius. If he says it's done, it very much could be. Yeah, that guy is more a robot than he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a guy. Um, well, Eugene, thanks for thanks for coming on. I will say I feel more confused at the end. <laughs> thanks for having me. I don't know yeah. anything you talked I, about I'm today. I'm confused dude. just hearing you talk. So like, hey, I'm, I'm right there with, in this boat with you guys. There's so much to learn. Um, is there, <laughs> is there any way you want our one or two listeners to uh, to <laughs> to follow your work or <laughs> anything no. you want to plug? No, there's nothing I want to plug. Uh, just it's just a learning game, guys. Just if you want to put in the effort and learn, you will get there, but it'll take a long time. That's all I want to say. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> all right well awesome everybody hey thank you everybody again for tuning in to another episode of the moon tea podcast where we are talking about things that literally don't make sense so <laughs> <laughs> thanks for staying hanging in there until the end if you did um, i'm sorry and this is john eugene thank you so much for being a guest and hopefully we'll have you on again very soon. and then myself you everybody have a great day weekend and that was our first live interview hey yeah <laughs> see you Gene. see you john you